This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Well, this sucks. Um, yeah, so anyway, so I, I chafed my line the last time I was out, so I had to get a new string made. So I was out shooting it, and then I got a new box of arrows. I bought another 12 of those TKO arrows. Yeah. Put them on a spinner, three your junk. Really? And it's funny because those are elites, and they're point zero zero one. Like, they're supposed to be down to one thousands. And they're just, like, totally wobbly? They're wobbly. I cut, like, I'd cut both ends off. So one of them's really bad, really wobbly, so. That's too bad. Yeah, especially when you pay a premium dollar like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why you buy them. You pay extra money for those. So, uh, but I found like I've ordered like, or I've purchased like the point, like the 2000 or 3000s. Yeah. And man, only half of those arrows, half of them are junk. But I just, I wonder if it's, I don't know. You notice that over the past couple, five years or so, or just the last, you know, since COVID's kind of hitting. Well, I only I'm, say that because I, you start hearing about the manufacturing problems and stuff like that. Or, Yeah, I wasn't really into it before. You know what I mean? Like I kind of, it's only been a couple of years since I really started diving into everything myself, right? Yeah, no, I hear you. That's why I ask because I've been slightly shorter than you. So yeah, it's kind of one of those things I was just curious about. But yeah, you pay that kind of money and it's just like you expect to be able to shoot them. But yeah, and a different arrow is different things and like i don't know i don't know how many arrows like i don't know what a shelf life or a shot life is for an arrow because like i've already noticed like the arrows i bought a month ago i put them on the spinner they're already fucking wobbly really and they were not not bad before but it's just because i mean shooting it that impact of the the target and then every time you pull them out i mean you know you try to grab down low pull them out the best you can but still you're well, it's still, when it comes to stuff like that, it still makes me wonder about shelf life, shot life when it comes to regular carbon. And I don't care about the manufacturer. I'm just talking like street mm-hmm. carbon versus like that carbon weave. 
Yeah. You know, it, it just makes me wonder if there was a comparison between them. And I don't even care about companies. If one's stronger than the other, especially when, like you say, you grab them, you're bending them, you're torquing them. Yeah. Well, and you think like every time, like arch, you're, so when an arrow flies, it's flying with Archer's Paradox, right? And if you have the side, it's up and down, or a rest, it's up and down. And then as it's, if it's inside of a, you know, actually the arrow is bending and curving the whole way yep. in its flight path. And if it's curved and it hits the target, right? Do you know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah, I do. Like if a vehicle is going around a corner sideways and then it hits a wall, right? Just that force of impact from the rear to the front is putting a lot of pressure on the middle of the vehicle. Well, Same with an arrow. I don't see why it would be any different. Yeah, I don't either. And you got to think too, physics. like some people may not realize it. It just depends on how much you shoot too. Like if you're just going to the archery range once a week and you know, you're flinging some arrows and that it's going to last a lot longer than the person who's doing 10, 20 shots every night after work in the garage or backyard or whatever. Yeah. So I shoot my, those arrows get up. shot 50 times a day. Yeah. Right. So eventually they're going to go. Yeah. And it's not like, I don't, I shoot my front. I have the ability to shoot my front yard or my backyard. So it's, you know, it's it, like you said, it'd be totally different if I was just going once a week, but 50 shots a day. That adds up fast. Yeah. How often do you change your strings doing that? Uh, well, I mean, I get a new bow every year. Yeah. Okay. So this, this one's already had it change once, but it's not it, the only time it ever, like I've in the past couple of years, I've gotten it changed is just from when it gets chafed. But like that RX three, I had to get changed just because it, uh, I just overshot it, that string. So I yeah. had to get a new, new string made. Well, I'm kind of curious cause I've got that, that new Hoyt there and it's just got the factory strings on it. And I know those yeah. aren't going to last as long as, you know, some customs or whatever, but yeah, I'm just curious. Cause this year I've been shooting more than any other year. So it's like, well, I'm going to anticipate, I'm going to have to replace those strings next year. Yeah. This what I'm going to do in a this... few thousand, I'll have yeah. a few thousand arrows through it this year, without a doubt. Yeah. The nice thing about those Matthews is they have that stay of field system. Are you familiar with it? Yes, I am. That was one thing that was really drawing me toward, toward Matthews. But so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take after bear season is I'm going to take it down there and we get Chuck at hardcore to make me another string. Yeah. And then I'm going to take the one I'm shoot that's on there. Now I'll take that one off. Cause that one will be set up. I'm going to leave my D loop on it, leave my peep yeah. sight in it. Exactly. Same roll it up, put it in a little bag, put it or in a little tiny Ziploc. Yeah. Put that in my bag. So when I go on, like when I'm out hunting in the fall for five days, take the stay of field and that. So if anything, if that ever happens, I can just switch my string and the D loop and the peep sight are going to be in the exact same spot. They were when I take it, took it off. That's a really good idea. And then, yeah, your other one will be stretched out by then and set up. Yeah. So you'll have, yeah. you won't have to come home. You'll be. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like if that would have happened and I was on a three day hunt or a five day hunt, you know, I mean, you could, I, I, you know, I could, it would have lasted, but still like what happens if it's so bad and it doesn't take much, you know, you're walking through some thick stuff and you know, a branch or something catches your string. Yeah. Last thing you'd want is one of those things letting go on you. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, that's it. You pull back and then you get that, get a face full of uh bowstring. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> that would suck. Talk about doing the walk of shame all the way back out to your truck. Hopefully I've you're not injured too bad. I've seen people almost KO themselves that were using a, a back tension release. Yeah. And just draw back and it goes off and them freaking clock themselves in the nose. Oh, man. That would suck. <laughs> Couldn't even imagine. 
Yeah, when you're using those back tension, when you use those tension releases, you have to, you got to adjust them. So basically they don't, like it's impossible for them, like the hinge. Yeah. So it's basically impossible for the hinge to release. And then you get used to that draw cycle and then you tone it down a little bit, make it harder, 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 harder. You ever use a back tension or, or hinge no, release? No, this is actually my first year even going to the thumb release. I, I like the whole thought process of that. I could see that being a really good training um, training method to use one of those just in practice. Use them both, obviously, so you're used to both both releases or whatever your two releases are. But I could yeah, see I, a really getting or eliminating your, uh, uh, what do you call it there? Your, uh, when you're, target panic? Your target panic, thank you. You know, like you're not really expecting it. You kind of know when it's going to happen, but you get that surprise every time. Yeah. The only thing, like I have one, I, I used to just practice with one. The only thing is I found is I found it more beneficial to practice with my hunting setup because I'm really, I'm only hunting. I'm only doing archery for hunting. I'm not doing yeah. it. If it's different, if you're doing target. So yeah. I switched, I just, I only run what I'm going to hunt with and I just leave everything the same. I don't piss around with, oh, I'm going to use this for practice. Like, obviously I don't yeah. use my hunting arrows for practice. I use my practice arrows for practice, but they're set up, they're exact same arrow, same everything's the same yeah they're just different color veins that way i know they're my practice arrows yeah i've got my hunting ones in a box they're separated i actually keep the broadheads on them and they just yeah those only get pulled out if i'm you know putting practice heads on or something you know like every year or something and it's like oh i got new heads i want to see how they fly or yeah so they've they've maybe got you know three or four shots tops yeah. Yeah. each and that's tops they just they don't get shot yeah yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah. That's the way to go, man. Oh, I can't wait to try out some of those, just the new heads now that the it's just the bow set up now. I gotta I'm gonna try some of that walk back tuning just to just to see what it does. Mm -hmm. But I've been just I haven't touched anything on it since I got it back from the bow shop again. And I'm just trying to eliminate my problems with my process and everything and making sure everything's hundred percent with me. Well, as close to it as possible. Yeah. And then I'll shoot some broadheads again through it and then see how it reacts and then do the block back tuning and see if it shows the same kind of, you know, if there's a tiny, tiny bit of adjustment or if it's like bang on, don't need to do anything, especially the fixed versus those, uh, the rage broadheads that you, that you're sending me or bringing yeah. me out. And just, it, it's just curiosities kind of got me. Don't want to mm -hmm. tinker too much, but I'm curious how they fly. Those fucking rages, man. I don't know. They're just killers. Yeah. Well, that be bear I shot only went like 30 yards, and maybe 40. That's nasty. How big's the cut on that thing once they're opened up? Oh, well. Two inches, a little more. Three. It's more than that. It's like three inches, Man, depending if it's on an angle. Like it just, it's deadly. And yeah, the I funny, it, like I looked on that bear, it hit immediately. The blades flew up because there's a three inch cut on the front and back of it. So those blades swung open on impact cut the front cut the entrance and the exit yeah. both lungs deflated his lungs he didn't make a noise really yeah like most of the times they'll make a noise and they'll try to bite the arrow yeah this one didn't even he didn't even know what happened crazy he just went through him and he didn't even know what he, he went through him and he took off running and then 30 35 40 yards i'd say 35 i'll have to do wow. a little flight comparison this this summer i think maybe have a little chat about it after too on the show here just on the you know a couple different ones like there's those rages. And then I, I won that set from uh, Crimson Talon. Those things yeah. look nasty, man. The hybrids. 
Yeah, I'm curious how those fly because they got those little just little bleeders by the looks of them. So not quite field tips when they're flying through the air, but be interesting to see the difference there. And then uh, there's uh, Black Widow Innovations. They have their first mechanical coming out this year too. I haven't seen pictures of it yet, but I do know they're coming out. So be interesting to grab a pack of those and just yeah, just to see how they work. And mm-hmm. I think I think there's a few of those companies now are going without those collars on them. I don't know if they're yeah, I don't know if they're magnetic or how they're keeping those blades folded back. But kind of interesting, just one one last piece that can hinder you. I guess you could say. Yeah, I got a block wall in the front of my house. What I was thinking of doing is going back to like 50 yards, shooting at that block wall with uh, some of my fixed blades Yeah, and shooting with those Rage and just see what kind of shape the broadhead is in after. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yes, especially with some of those tips that are on them, like you get, you know, what have I seen? Titanium heads. I've seen that tool steel, which is supposed to be really, really hard steel. And then, you know, your regular steel and yeah, it'd be really interesting to see the heads, the, the blades. Yeah. See which ones disintegrate and which ones kind of hold their yeah, shape Yeah, like a see bit. if those rages blow apart. Cause like, I'm basically wanting to see what happens. Like, obviously a concrete wall is a lot stronger than bone, but still like if they can impact, if they can hit a concrete wall and you know, not if I, if I grab the arrow and there's still a broadhead left on it after hitting a concrete wall. Yeah. You know, you're, it's pretty safe to assume that it's it's going to bust some bone when it hits. And now, obviously, if I grab the arrow and it's all broke, you know, the shaft's broken in three pieces, then, but that's Especially more of an arrow that distance issue. too. Yeah. Yeah, that distance should take some of that, uh, yeah, some of that power away from it by the time it hits too. So it's it's not like you're point blank firing it into that. No, that's a little close. Yeah. We were, yeah. yeah. 50 oh, yards, my. 40, 50 yards is, I think would be good. I'm yeah. going to try that, see what happens. Yeah, it'd be interesting. But it, ma- it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. Um, having a footer on your arrow, a huge difference because with field tips, I've done it. I've shot at that same block wall in my front yard. Yeah. I took an arrow with a footer on it and an arrow without a footer on it. The arrow with a footer stuck in the concrete enough. So it was st- like stationary in the wall. Yeah. Pulled it out. Arrow was fine. Took it, but just had to change the tip out. Now I shot the same arrow, same distance, without a footer, arrow blew apart. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy I have footers on all, all, like when we had Chris on, we were talking yeah. about footers. I have footers on all my arrows. Jeez. And can you get footers? Like Chris seemed to have some pretty, I mean, he's dialed in. Yeah. For what he's got going on there. But for the for, for a person who doesn't want to go with somebody else, or maybe they're just too far away. Like, you know, they need something set up in this next two weeks or three weeks. And there's not time to get something custom made for you. Is I don't there... think that's, I think if you just contact Chris, tell him what you need. Yeah. I think he'll probably get it to you. Like say you're in Newfoundland, say, yeah. say, uh, yeah, Newfoundland. I think that's furthest from Chris. He's over in Oregon. So that's a good trip there. Yeah. I'd say you'd probably have him. If you contacted him, got a hold of him directly, you probably have him within a week. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, you can't complain about that. I was going to see if you get them from a store or something like that. If somebody thinks well, that they're too far out, I'd yeah, want something I, from him though myself after talking to him. I wouldn't yeah. go anywhere else. <laughs> no, man. And they make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Did so he, and I can't I, remember. And, did he say how much they weighed again? Oh, I can't remember. I know they're not much, but just if grains. Grains, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, all that's doing is adding more impact to your, like, I mean, realistically, you could just shoot a 
100 grain broadhead throw a footer on there and you'd probably be similar to 125 grain i mean you'd be a little less but right because you're just adding you're adding weight to the end of your arrow obviously you're increasing your foc yeah so you're making it a little weaker but, but the strength would be something else yeah it's impressive contact them and, and they're cheap man they're like they're dirt cheap contact them and get some set up for your arrows try a couple on one of them yeah You'd be impressed how how much of a difference it makes just in like the shot the shot the life of your arrow yeah well i think i'll definitely do that as soon as i get some new arrows and i'm still shooting my old ones yeah um but as soon as i get a new batch in yeah and you just got to tell him the size and everything and then he'll ship you some out but man no i definitely go with him it was yeah pretty crazy yeah no doubt so you're getting out for bear this week yeah i think tuesday night wednesday got a birthday party to kind of attend to and I'm going to go out this weekend too, if that's, if I don't get anything Tuesday, but kind of a, I haven't been to this area in a really long time. So I kind of forget the setup and yeah, been doing a bit of e-scouting and stuff, just taking some of the stuff I learned from, from Treeline Academy and stuff like that. And yeah, I got to get back into the groove of, of looking through yeah. that. I've, I've been, I've been, well, fuck, I've been so fucking busy. Yeah. See, I boiled and there's a lot of info spell. on there to take. Yeah, I saw your picture of that the other day. That's awesome, man. It, That's what uh, I want now. It was bigger than I thought. I thought he didn't have a lot of meat on his head. So okay. it scored uh, 18 and 4 sixteenths. That's a nice bear. Think of of um, Mox bear that he just got, that oh. boar pig. That thing scored like 22. That like the was, size of that fucking bear. That thing right. was like the size of a grizzly bear. It was That's huge. Two full, that, that bear that I got, it's that like two full my hands like that, like... And you think of his the size of that thing. That thing scored four inches bigger. Yeah, that's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Insane, that thing. It's fucking huge. What what did he say it weighed again? I can't remember. I don't remember either. Was it over five? Oh fuck. I don't know. I don't it was huge. Yeah, it was dressed when he oh dude, it was insane. It was fucking massive. I thought it was a pretty good name for it too. When you look at the face of that thing. (laughs) Yeah, it looked like a pig. Big hairy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. It expecting. looked like it, it, it. What the hell did that thing get into? Because it was eating good. Oh man, I think he like for it to be that fat there. in the spring. <laughs> yeah, all the donuts, timbits. <laughs> Bears fat on timbits. Well, you are right though. Like it's there's no way it could have put on. It would have been interesting to see what it came out of its den at. <laughs> That's what, no what did it, it go into its den weight. at? If it comes out and it's a fucking blob. <laughs> probably belly was dry or all the hair on the belly was probably worn right off just dragging probably no legs on that thing yeah <laughs> yeah that so, bear i just uh, shot it had very little fat on it yeah that's kind of what i expect until you know you start getting the, the berries and everything out and yeah it had very little fat and it on i cut the hide off and yeah 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 i don't know i'm i'm i i just want to i'm just going to put some of these new skills that i've learned from you guys this year and I don't care. I'm not looking for a monster. I just want to take a take a predator out of the equation there and hopefully save some calves or some fawns or whatever. Everything's dropping right now. So yeah. It's uh I don't know. We'll see. I'm hoping Tuesday night to get a good feel for the area and then a I buddy of mine. Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off there. Oh, a, buddy, sorry, man. a buddy of mine. Um, he sent me a text. It's because I you you said fawns, save some fawns. So I wanted to just share this here. A buddy of mine sent me a message that somebody sent one of his neighbors or something sent me. I got to find it. I'll read it to you. Where the heck is it? Oh, 
crap. Okay. So this morning when I was out feeding, I heard a fawn crying. You know the sound. They only make this particular sound when either they're caught in a fence or something has a hold of them. Gives me nightmares. Anyways, I started, I started to run in the direction of the sound. It was out of the back behind my pasture in the area that you don't hay. And look for the mother, as, you, as usually the mum will start running towards them when they're in trouble. He's talking about a fawn. Um, then from the bank that goes up to the Pine Ridge properties, I saw a black bear running with a fawn swing from its mouth. I didn't know a bear would kill a fawn. Don't know why I didn't think that. Seems obvious. He sent me yeah. that message that someone sent him. Yeah. It's funny how, I don't know, people's perception of bear. Bears are predator. I don't know where that got distorted. Like they, Well, I think they just see them feeding on dandelions and stuff, and they think that they're vegetarians or something like that. And, you know, just that and fish. I think that's the perception. Like, look at, you look at TV, you look at all the documentaries and stuff like that. The average, you think of the average show that you watch on them. It's a lot of coastal stuff. Yeah. And obviously the coastal bears get into the, you know, the meat too. It's, they do it everywhere, but you see them fishing is what you see on TV a lot and they're mm -hmm. awesome at it. So maybe the average person just thinks that everywhere there's salmon runs and uh, that's all they do. You know, they stock up on their fish and their berries and, and that's it. Yeah. But it's crazy. The damage they do to the ungula population in the spring. I don't care if it's a grizz or black. They're, yeah, they're well, I mean, phenomenal I mean, at what they do. They're the same. I mean, for the most yeah. part, they act the exact same. I mean, it, grizzly's a little bigger, but for the most part, I mean, they're, they act the same. Yeah. Like a, a bear, if a bear wants, like a bear's going to, if a bear's going to go for you, he's going to go for you. Like if it's a black bear, grizzly bear, if a bear's in the mood where he does, where he either feels threatened or he's got something there that he feels you're encroaching on, even if it's a black bear, like I've been false charged by black, black bears before. Yeah. Even when I was hunting, I don't know if I told you. So, when I was out hunting, this was before I heart tagged that bear that I just got. Uh, it's it's just getting dark, and I hear this this noise, and it was coming from a distance, and it was it was like a ooh 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 noise, and I'm like, what the hell is that? I wait a little bit, and it happens again, and this is coming, I would say, northwest from me, from where I'm standing, and it does it three times, and then all of a sudden behind me, wait a lot further south more southeast like in a, if you were to do like a like you know completely opposite direction another sound starts going oh ooh. this one's further away so i'm like what the hell is that so i start walking towards this noise that i heard the first time that which is closer and i wait and it does it again so then i mimic it do the same noise when it does it i do it and then the one behind me does it again but it's further away and then the one in front of me did it again. I did it again. And then nothing. Didn't hear nothing. I'm standing there for about 10, 15 minutes. I hear something step behind me. I turn around. There's a bear standing on two legs, 15 <laughs> feet from behind me. <laughs> I was like, oh, I had my bow. I, I was kind of tucked in between a tree, two trees. And I had my bow sitting on a branch. And I turned, <laughs> I turned my head right. And I seen the bear and I was like, holy shit. So I quickly turn left, grab my boat, go down to one knee, draw back because it was uphill. So I go down to one knee to get under the trees, the, under the branches that would have been in my way because I would have been shooting uphill. Yeah. And by the time I grabbed my boat, turn around and like got into full draw, the bear got down and he took off. And all I seen was his ass running away. But if that bear wanted, he could have just walked right up behind me and took a bite of me. Yeah. Like I heard, obviously when it gets close enough, you can hear it. Like you can hear beer, bears 
like they're quiet. Like bears are insanely quiet, like insane, insane. I've had bears walk up 20 yards from me and you cannot, you can, you can see them. You cannot hear them at all. They're so quiet. It blows my mind how something that big can be that quiet. I've had deer walk 10 feet in front of me. They're way louder than a bear. Yeah. Blows me away. No, I want to get back to that sound. I'd be curious if Doug Bose knows much about that sound. Yeah, I talked. So the next morning, so the next morning I talked to Doug. What I figured it was, was because it was, this was just when the rut was starting. Okay. I figured they were boars challenging each other. Oh, okay. Right. There must, maybe there was a hot sow that they got wind of. So there's some boars challenging each other. It's interesting because moose do that too, right? Like you'll hear a moose kind of doing that, that grunt call. Well, their own grunt call. Yeah. So I told Doug what I did and what happened. And he's like, yeah, you don't do that. He's like, you're just basically challenging another boar. <laughs> well, at least he's not trying to think near a sow and he's going to come mate you. So really, yeah. it's not a good situation either way. <laughs> no, I don't have a lot of fear of bears. I don't know. I, but you might after that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You get raped by a bear. Yeah, you probably have some different thoughts of bears. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh's not so nice after all. Well, that's an interesting one for people to listen to then out in the bush if you hear that. Yeah, I've never heard it. But it was like, it was that dark, right at dark. And then so I was walking and then obviously I'm on my guard now. So I kept my arrow on my rest, knocked on my, and then I just, I walked out. It was getting dark, but I mean, for the most part, even if that bear, like if he would have been there half a second, he would have had an arrow in his chest. Yeah. Like it was pretty quick from the time I grabbed it, drew back and went down to one knee and it was up like. That's not, but interesting one. If you do hear two bears doing that, depending on where they're coming, maybe a good setup opportunity, you know, depending on the wind and stuff. Well, now that I know, now that I know the results, I definitely approach it a little differently. I would get into a spot where they couldn't get behind me. Yeah. Like t- t- snuck, sneak up against a rock or a cliff going down, you know, something yeah. somewhere where they're not going to be able to sneak up behind you. Cause that's the worst part about, well, I found even like when you're calling bears is they get behind you and it's not that the fact, because like most of the time, probably 99.9% of the time, bear sees you, smells you, hears you, he's gone, gone quick. They don't want anything to do with you. So like most of the time, so if I'll find a bear, like the bear I just shot, so I seen that bear, tracked that bear for four hours. It was a, it was just like a cat and mouse game. I seen him. It was a really thick cover. I hammered on that call. He wouldn't come. So I was like, okay, hey, he's not into it. He's just not, he's not into it right now. So I just, he would move. I would follow him a little bit, keep him, you know, where I could see him for the most part. He'd move. I'd move again. He'd move. I'd move again. I tried calling nothing. He was just, he, he I don't know where he, he, he had somewhere to go. So he's going there. And then four hours, just going stop call going nothing like just wouldn't answer the call and then he got into an area and finally i just hit the call and he came and he came walking in slowly like not running just slowly sauntered in and then same thing every time i'd stop he'd stop and kind of like sniff the ground and then i would lower my call so it wasn't so loud so it was just like a little squeak and then he came in and then i just stopped calling and he kind of like just sauntered over to an area where there was an opening but i didn't move advance past that opening just because that was the only opening in an area where he would, where I'd be able to get a shot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah there's there no a, point. It's all in your setup. So there's no point in calling it in if you can't shoot from where you are. 
Yeah, it was really thick, really thick for the most part when I was tracking them. And I kept them a good hundred yards away just where I could see them because it was so I didn't want to, I didn't want to spook them. Yeah. And so once I got to, once he, that call that he got interest in, just the cadence of my call, like I think it was because I lowered it, lowered yeah. the tone a bit. It wasn't so aggressive that he started to show interest in it, but it wasn't like, you know what, you hit those calls and if they're in, they're in, they come running. Yeah. But it's typically if you get within their wheelhouse, like you have to get right up in their wheelhouse, then you blow on it. But I've also found that you blow on that thing too far that they're just like, no, I don't know what that is, but that's it's something's off. Yeah. That's too loud. Right. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like elk. If you're, if you just start blowing stuff right away, you know, let's say on your bugle tube or whatever, and they're right behind, like you don't realize they're right there. And it's just like, yeah. eh, you might get them, you might not, but something might be off just because you're blowing them out of the water right off the get go instead of working your way in. Same kind of yeah. deal, maybe. Yeah. So this, the bear walks up and there was a little opening. I sat behind a tree. He walked down the path and he'd stop and he was just eating the roots and stuff, picking the ground and walked. So then as soon as he walked behind the stump, I drew back. And he walked up and he'd stop and he'd walk up and stop. And I was like, fuck, hurry up. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sitting at full draw for like two minutes. And then he walks up and I could just see his nose. And he, and he, then he's sniffing the ground and he's snip, putting his head back and forth, sniffing the ground, sniffing the ground, walking forward. And as soon as he got, I let the arrow go. Like as soon as he got his shoulder got past and I could see, you know, past his shoulder enough, I let the arrow go. And same, like it went right through him it was close 23 yards shot uh, that's awesome arrow went right through him they, he went man not even 40 yards <sighs> so i sat down and i waited sat down and waited and this must have been about oh man like eight o'clock and this all happened like from yeah. after i shot him it was about eight o'clock so i waited for 45 minutes they didn't i didn't hear the death moan i i heard him running and then i couldn't hear him running so but where he the direction he was running to was going down it was going downhill so I waited for 45 minutes and then I was like, okay, I'm going to go look for this bear. So I, I knock another arrow. And what I did was I, I went from where I shot him. It was raining too. So there was like, it's hard. I couldn't find any blood little, like there was blood on the arrow, but it was raining. I um, walked up, couldn't see any blood. So I trailed around, like I doubled back, went way down below where the direction he was running to yeah. way down to the bottom of the ridge. And I started doing a zigzag pattern up the ridge, probably like 40 yards diagonally all the way up the ridge, just looking for sign. What I was basically looking for is track marks for him running down. Yeah. Right. I wasn't really looking for blood because it was pissing down rain. Well, I shouldn't say it wasn't pissing down rain, but it was raining. Um, So I was zigzagging back and forth um, up the hill because what I've done it before is I've tracked a bear, a track bears before and I've, I've blood tracked them, got over top of them. And they've taken off back down the hill. But in my experience, if they're hurt, they don't like running up a hill. That's right. It goes with most animals. Yeah. So I, I went to this time, I went to the bottom and I worked my way back up. So if, if I was going to bump him, the only place he'd have to be able to go is go up. And now running uphill when you're injured isn't easy. Yeah. So I did a zigzag pattern and then I'm getting close to where I shot him. And I'm like, man, maybe he, maybe he turned off. Maybe he turned off and maybe he went somewhere else. Like maybe he got down the hill and he took off left or right. So when I got, I was zigzagging back up to where I was getting close to where I shot him. And then I noticed track marks. Like, you know how wet grass, when you walk through wet grass, I noticed that. So then I followed that 
Yeah, and then he was just piled up right there, forty yards that's from good. where I shot him. Right in some, he just went to some thick trees, and then, and then he yeah, expired. So yeah, I was I was after after you sent me those photos and everything. I was like, ah, oh, I, I just I just it wanted me to get my bow like one hundred percent so I could try with my bow this year on that bear. It's not going to happen. I just don't quite have enough time. Yeah, and I want it to well, be a hundred percent for that hunt. But yeah, you full time it'll be good to go. Yeah. So it'd be rifle this year, but yeah, it got me going. It was just like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So by the time I get to this bear, it's about, it's getting close to nine o'clock now. No, it was after nine o'clock. So I pull out my camera. I pull out my phone, take a couple pictures. Well, I took on my camera. I took one picture and I was like, fuck, I noticed the battery is like a 2%. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. So I take a couple, I think I took three pictures and the battery died. I was like, fuck. So I put my phone away. I'm like, oh, my GPS has a camera on. I'll take a couple pictures with my GPS because I got one those that Garmin. Um, what the heck is that thing? The Garmin. It's not the InReach, is it? Yeah, it's a Garmin InReach. Hold on a sec. Is it? Because I don't think mine has. Uh... It's the, the 6.6i. Garmin... Okay, let's see it's, that. I got that one last year. Okay. Because it's... I found that spot hog. The spot hog, there's areas in BC where the spot hog doesn't work or, or the spot message spot x messenger not spot hog yeah Spot hogs a bow site um there's spots in bc where that thing doesn't work really and i was like what fucking good is this thing if it doesn't work everywhere i need it well i've got so, the inreach um i'll have to look at which one it is it looks similar to that the inreach is good garmin the garmin is good but the spot x messenger yeah it doesn't work in some areas of bc okay i just don't think mine has the camera yeah well this one's this is the new model this is the okay this one, I got this one last, uh, last year and it was the newest model. Okay. Yeah. And I think mine was the year before when I got mine. Yeah. Yeah. You awesome. might have, you might have the, uh, you might have the different one than this one. Okay. You, but I think you got, I know which one you have. You have like the orange inner yeah. each one. Yeah. yeah. That, that's yeah. That's different than this one. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I was like, oh, I'm going to take some pictures with my GPS. So pull it out of my pocket. And it's fucking dead. Uh... So, but it's starting to get dark. Right. And I'm like, okay, yeah. like I know the area I'm hunting in. So I have a pretty good idea where I am, but I've been tracking this bear for four hours and the bear has, he doesn't give a shit where he's going. And I had to go where the bear was going. Right. So yeah. total fucking rookie move on my part. I get this bear dress, get it in my pack, get everything in my pack at once. Cause I'm like, well, I'm not coming back in here. So I load this whole fucking bear up in my pack and I start walking back up to where I had a sh my shot and now I got my headlamp on and I'm like, okay, well, uh, I probably had, I don't know how far it is probably like not super far, but like a couple kilometers back to where the trail had met the road to walk back to my truck, which is probably another kilometer. <laughs> but once you're on the road or the trail, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. So I'm trucking through the bush, get all the way back to the trailhead but it probably took me an extra hour maybe not an hour maybe like probably an extra half an hour 45 minutes because i didn't like just trying to find my because i would like walk back wide walk up i'm like fuck no that's not i'm going the wrong way so then i turn around i'm like i gotta get between these two i gotta walk this valley up so i just side hill like if i didn't know if i didn't have a really good idea like of the area and where i was yeah. it would have been a, like i'm sure i would i worst case scenario i could have just i could have hung the bear meat went somewhere else and slept in a tree or slept underneath the tree. Right. If I had to, or just yeah. hunked up for the night, but still like total fucking rookie move. So if I'm going on a trip for overnight trip, three days, five days, 10 days, 
I always have a battery bank, extra batteries in my pack. Yeah. My day pack I have, I don't have that shit. That's right. I never think of it. I'm just like, well, my, my phone is good for 24 hours, right? My, like my battery on my phone generally lasts a day. But the problem was that with you using any of your hunting apps too, like any of your GPS stuff, like uh, iHunter or something like that. Great tool. Yeah. Tracks you when you're out of cell service. Yeah. But when you use it, it drains your battery pretty good. Yeah, it does. So, but that's why I use my GPS. Like that Garmin, it'll last for three days while it's tracking you. Yeah. But I didn't, I don't, I do, I'm not worried about it when I'm on a day trip. Like I'm going up after work. I wasn't fucking worried about it. Right. So, like, I, I could have just, pulled out i could have pulled up the map i could have pulled up my gps looked at the map and been like okay that's this is where i am i know my truck is over here i just got to get to there it would have been easy right it's not far enough yeah. i didn't have to put you know the track me on but like just total rookie fucking move i should have so now i have a i have extra batteries because like luckily my headlamp didn't die oh man it's crazy <laughs> if it's not a full moon out. It's crazy how easy it is to get twisted up. Well, and it's thick in there, and it was cloudy, but at least it wasn't raining at this time. The rain had had stopped, and it was just you know spitting every once in a while. But at least it wasn't pissing rain. Yeah. But I mean, I have an extra flashlight. I got one of those these those pen flashlights. Yeah. In my bino harness, I could have used that, but that's an LED. It's got like thousand hours on it. But that's a really good idea to have. Probably super lightweight, but. Oh yeah, you don't even know it's the size of a pen. Yeah, it's literally the awesome. size of a pen, and I have it stuck in my bino harness. Um, because you know what it's like. Like I've been fumbling around in when your headlamp dies. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can tell when your headlamp's gonna die because it starts getting dim, but it happens quick with the new ones, like those LED ones. It happens quick. Yeah. So when a battery dies, it just like you have a couple seconds. But I've been fumbling around, looking through my bag for batteries. It's just easier to grab that and then flash it. Even if you're with somebody else yeah, and they're dressing out the animal and you're helping, you can hold it. You're like to get your head into an area where you need light is different. If you have that pen line, you can hold it out and you can kind of just get light in specific areas that you want. Yeah. So anyway, luckily my headlamp didn't die, but now I have a battery pack to charge my stuff, charge my phone and my GPS in my day pack. And I have extra lithium batteries in my pack. So and you think I would know better, but it's just it's just one of those things where you're you're on a day trip and you don't think about it. You take it for granted, yeah. You take it for granted. You're like, well, fuck, what's worse gonna happen? I'm going out. I mean, like I was, I'm not gonna die, right? Yeah. I'm I'm too close to the truck. I would have just waited for light in the morning and walked out. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna panic in that situation. Somebody, I'm not saying I'm you know this great experienced hunter, you know, obviously every hunter has something to learn, but if you, th- this happened to you on your first time or your second time, or you've only been hunting for a year or two, you might get pretty freaked out. And the worst thing that you can do in the bush is panic. Yeah. Yeah. You're good to just better just to sit down, gather your thoughts. Yeah. Find well, a, you find a nice yeah. dry tree to sit under and just yeah. think about it for half it. Well, think about it for a bit, as long as it takes, because yeah, getting twisted up and starting to panic and run in a different direction or no, the worst thing just is gonna panic. Yeah. yeah. Well, the stupid thing is like I never I if I'm going to check trail cameras, I'll have my in reach, right? Yeah. Because if you're not going to use it, what's the fucking point of having it? Right. Yeah. You could break, you can be 500 yards off a trailhead and break your ankle or off a road down a trailhead and break your ankle or your leg or roll an ankle or anything, right? So I always carry it, but it doesn't do any fucking good. 
if the batteries are charged. That's right. Well, so, and the other thing too, going on that, going on the exact same thing, even if your batteries are charged, having one of those in reaches, have it accessible. It's no different than your bear spray. What good oh, is yeah. it if it's buried in your backpack? Because yeah. if you do roll an ankle, let's say you got your backpack on and it's strapped onto you, you break your ankle, you're in somewhere, you break your leg and you can't move or whatever. You can't get your backpack off. Yeah. You can't get into it. Um, or you get attacked by, well, let's worst case scenario. You get charged by a bear. You get yeah. beat up by a bear, cougar, whatever. I don't care what it is. If it's on your chest, I've got mine clipped to, um, to my bino harness. I have it clipped to the side where it's not going to get in the way of if I'm shooting my bow and stuff like that. It's on the yeah. opposite side, but it's there. So no matter what, if I'm on face down in the dirt, whatever, I'm able to access that SOS button. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. if it, worst case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't so, do any good if you don't have batteries, but at least yeah. it's there. <laughs> exactly. At least you can look at it and be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So when they're, when there's the search party finds, you can be like, yeah. He had his Garmin right on his chest and yeah. the batteries are dead. Yeah. <laughs> How my Garmin works is my Garmin syncs with my Garmin watch. Okay. I can hit the SOS button as long as my Garmin batteries are charged and it's on and it's synced. I can hit it with my, I can hit the SOS with my watch. Right on. Now, does that but make I don't, it? I don't, I mean, if I would, I always have my Garmin. So if I'm walking without a backpack, say I'm just going to check a ridge line. Yeah. I take my Garmin and I clip it on my bino harness. Yeah. If I'm not, if I'm carrying any pack, it's on my waist. It's right here on my waist where I can grab it. I have a fixed, I got a six inch fixed blade knife on one side of me and my Garmin on the other side. And then I have my bear sprays on bear spray on my bino harness, right? Those are the three things I have always. I always have my bow in my hand. Obviously I don't like carrying it on my backpack or in a sling, Um, but a knife, GPS, bear spray, quick access. To me, yeah. those are things that, I mean, if you could have a sidearm, I'd have a sidearm on my chest instead of a bear spray. Yeah. But we're in Canada and our government's gay. Yeah. Literally. It's funny, myself, I wouldn't want a handgun in my house. It's not that I'm paranoid or anything. Just one of those things. I do have my restricted from uh, back when I was going to be a CEO and took all that stuff in college. Um but when it comes to hunting purposes, damn rights, I'd have one. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I definitely would, have one too. I'd feel way safer in the bush in some of the areas that we go to with that versus bear spray. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I know there's an argument over like, oh, there's more accidents with handguns than bear spray, but. But that I all comes know, to practicing. Yeah. Who the fuck is using it? Yeah, exactly. Like, you got, and that's the thing is that it comes to any tool that you ever use. It doesn't matter if it's a, a bow, a rifle, a handgun. If you don't use it, you're not going to know how when the situation counts, when it's panic time. It, that's no different than bear spray. Oh, yeah. How many people go out? Um, Never fired bear, your spray. bear sprays. Your bear spray is only good for like two years. And then you got to get a new one. And if you're going to cheap out and not get one and try to push it, you're going to regret that in a hurry. The second you need it and you realize that bear just got sprayed by it and it doesn't even affect it because it's lost its spice. Yeah. And it's like, you should know how to use it. There's always clinics being put on. I don't care where you are. I know they're out there and they will take expired um, uh, canisters and everything. And they'll teach you how to use it, which is great to know how to use it, when Uh to use it. Um, cause dude, if you're in that situation where you feel like you have to use it, you're in a bad spot mm-hmm. or potentially, potentially bad spot. 
we, I was even talking about it with my daughter yesterday. We were heading out and looking just for some bears for pictures and stuff like that, just for a little drive. We were talking about bear spray cans and stuff. And I was like, you got eight seconds tops, tops in one of those. Yep. You should only be using them for two second bursts and, uh, and make it count. Don't be doing it when they're 50 yards out. Cause that's not going to do you any good. Yeah. Like keep backing your way out until you absolutely have well, to. That's, you know what yeah, that, that's the thing about that bear spray is that it's good for, it's like last spray yeah. when it's on you, basically. That's it seasoning. With that. yeah. You hope it spits you out after. Yeah. Spray yourself with the last two seconds. <laughs> Pepper yourself up for it. <laughs> yeah. Another important thing is to practice getting it off whatever you have it strapped to. Because like that's if right. you never practice taking it out of the case, because it's like taking it off your whatever holder it's in, you need to practice that too. Practice yeah. doing that quick. It's like a gunslinger. What fucking good is a gunslinger if you can't draw his gun very quick? That's right. You'd be dead. Uh, the other thing too that I've noticed some people, and I, I if I see it, I help them out and tell them because a lot of people take it for granted. When it's in my harness, it's literally facing the direction that it's going to shoot like yeah. when it sprays. So because I'm not leaving my eyes, if I'm in that situation where I feel I'm, I'm potentially going to need it, my eyes are not leaving the animal. I don't care what animal it is. If it's coming at me and I'm worried about it, I'm locking, like I'm never turning away from that animal. Um, so I want to be able to reach down, undo my holster and take that bear spray out. And with one hand, I'm going to have that safety clip off, but I know I'm not going to spray myself in the face. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, if it facing... came down to, if it came down to it, I'd rather get some pepper spray than and get that canister off. Even if I'm getting some residual spray, anything yeah. that's going to stop or slow that bear down from chewing on me. Right. That's I right. mean, obviously the number one is don't put yourself in that situation. Make sure, I mean, it should happens, but. There's, I, I, I guarantee you, everybody who's attacked by a bear probably would look back and be like, you know, if I just did this different or I did that different. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Unless, obviously, it's easy to sit here, you know, in our nice, warm, comfy houses and you and I to talk yeah. about it and shit happens differently out there. I get that. But I mean, just be bear aware all the time. Yeah. I mean, you could have shithouse luck and bad luck and get in between a bear and cubs or something like that you know it's thick bush or whatever you're hiking on yeah. a trail i mean shit happens like you said yeah. most of the time you can keep yourself out of the situation sometimes it's just shit house luck yeah but yeah have your bear spray facing toward forward don't mm -hmm. have it facing backward those extra quarter seconds may yeah. matter and yeah. use it when it's expired go out to the bush check the wind first <laughs> yeah and make spray. sure it's blown away from you yeah definitely and... spray into heavy wind yeah <laughs> just like peeing into the wind no, yeah, you'll learn after the first time yeah. not to do no, it don't don't do that somebody's gonna do it and be like what the fuck i told you you told me to do it <laughs> but seriously if you if you haven't practiced with it before check your canisters if they're two years old get new ones take those old ones out practice with them use them yeah. know what it's going to do because there's nothing worse than trying something in a bad situation for the first time. And if you haven't used them before, go buy two cans, practice with one, or buy three cans. I mean, they're yeah. not like they're not expensive. And check the potency. I had this conversation with somebody in a store the other day. Uh, the store wasn't trying to sell them a, a cheaper model, like because some have slightly different potency, and they might be like ten bucks more. And the person that was selling this customer the item. Um, wasn't fully aware of, you know, what they were, the difference between the two. 
and I broke it down. I held both and I showed them, you know, like the cans themselves. And I was, the more expensive one was a little bit higher percentage or however they, I forget what it is exactly on there without reading the can, but it's a tiny bit more potent. And I looked at them. I was like, they both have the same amount in them. This stuff's stronger for 10 bucks. I was like, are you seriously going to put your life at risk? Like, or not put your life at risk when the situation counts for you to actually use that. Are you going to care about that 10 bucks? Or do you want a little more stink in that thing? Like it's going to, it's going to sting that bear a little harder in the eyes, affect it to get your, to allow yourself to get out of that situation. I was like, just think about it that way. You get your kids with you right here. You going to care about that 10 bucks. Yeah. I'm hoping not. I don't think I would ever go into an area where I knew there was, well, I mean, there's bears everywhere, but like, I don't think I would ever take my kids out without something like a shotgun or something. I have a little 18 inch shotgun. Yeah. So like if I say my kid, we, this hasn't happened yet, but say my kid wants to, he gets into bow hunting, he's a little older and him and I go bow hunting. I'll always have that shotgun. Yeah. And there's one thing about doing shit like with just me, but not my kids. Right. That's right. Last year I took my kid out just, I, I was, I forget where we were going, but I was like, let's just go check a trail camera. I just want to, you know, it's not very far off the road, you know, 10 minute hike. Yeah. And we started hiking up after we parked the car and there was a giant pile of bear shit there. I mean, it was steaming Yeah. and I just looked at her and I was like, let's go. I don't need to check it right now. I don't yeah. need to put her in that situation. It's no. a trail camera. Right. I was like, yeah, we can check it tomorrow when this bears out of the, you know, let's walk through. Yeah. I know there's or are you checking out a week that area. Fucking trail camera yeah exactly yeah it's whatever it's not a big deal so yeah again there's your there's your, right back to your point don't put yourself in situations you don't want to be in yeah especially with your kids like or anyone's yeah. kid or any kids and that matter like i do a lot of shit i do a lot of shit when i'm with myself that i wouldn't even do with another grown like if i was with a buddy or somebody else i'd be like nah let's we shouldn't do that. Just because I know how I would act in that situation. I'm yeah. not hundred percent sure how somebody else would act in that situation. And I'm just not comfortable putting them in a situation where I'm not confident they would be able to react in the way you need to react. That's right. And that's why I have very, very, very few hunting partners that I, you know, if I don't trust you, we don't, we just don't hunt together. It's nothing personal. Yeah. It's just, I know with three people that I go out with, I'm walking out of the bush with those three people. There is hands down. I am not concerned about it. Yeah. Or if we're not walking out together, we've gone down swinging. <laughs> yeah. Like there's <laughs> something has bullet holes in it. Well, that's why I have a knife. Like nothing's getting me without feeling me. The bear's going to yeah. fucking take me out. Fine. It's going to, it's going to have a scar. It's going to get yeah. something somewhere. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. Oh, did I you get any there. questions? Did you put that? Did you get any I questions? Did. I didn't get any questions on my feed. I had lots of people look at it, but uh, I didn't get much. What did you get? So we got a couple questions on um, what we did is I put on the Focus Hunting Instagram page, I put up, uh, you know, just ask how everyone's making out with spring bears so far. Bear questions, Q&A, let's hear them. Got a couple questions. Got some comments. Some guys are doing good. Um, so guys were just kind of sharing sharing their hunts and their stories. Um, you know, a couple questions like this one, tips on hunting bears in the rain. I know some guys say bears don't like to, that hunting bears is no good in the rain. I think this yeah. is all depending on where you're hunting them. I think if you're hunting them over bait, I don't think, I mean, I wouldn't waste my time. If I was hunting over bait, I wouldn't be sitting there in the rain. Yeah. If I was hunting, you know they're going to be there the next day when it's not raining. Yeah. 
if I'm hunting in, in British Columbia here where we can't bait, I found bears cruising around the range. One thing I've also found is that they have zero, they calling does not work. I mean, if Doug Bowes was up here calling, he might be able to make it work, but me, myself, my skill, my ability, I can't do it. But one thing I found out about the rain is it's a great opportunity. If you're in the bush, when it stops raining, half an hour after it stops raining, there's bears up moving everywhere. So you if you think can, they're hunkering down a little bit, is that what you're kind well, of? Well, I've seen, I, I think, yeah, I don't think they're as active, but I've, I've seen bears. I've been, I've been in the bush pissing down rain. Like this year, I've made a couple stalks in the rain on bears pissing down rain and they're out just cruising around. Right. I mean, really, where can you go? I mean, you can hunker under a tree, but you're still going to get wet. Yeah. Like, I don't, the animals don't, I don't think they give a shit if it's raining. They're not going to be like, oh, I don't bring my umbrella today. Can't get out. Yeah. They still got to eat. Yeah. So, but I found really good opportunities. If you can withstand the rain and just wait out the rain and then all of a sudden the rain stops, um, there's lots of bears cruising around. Yeah. Yeah. Even yesterday we went out for our drive, saw that grizzly side of the road. Rain? It was raining, raining pretty good. Yeah. It's just, it's mowing down the dam. Well, when I shot that bear too, it was raining. Like yeah. it was raining. It, it was like, it would, it would rain really hard and then it would stop. And then rain, rain really hard and it would stop. And, you know, over that four hour period, it rode rain and stopped, rain and stopped. And he was still moving around. I tracked him. I mean, he would move in and sit down, wait. There's one spot he sat and I could see him between two trees. I don't know what he was chewing on, but he kind of sat and laid down. And he must have found some to root around or chew on because he sat there for like half an hour. I could just see him between two trees. I got a picture of him. That was the reason my why my phone died was because I was fucking around on it when I was waiting for him, <laughs> which I should have been doing, doing a little bit of Facebooking or Instagram. Well, well, there was, maybe there were some spots <laughs> that had um, cell service or not. So maybe I was, but I was just sitting there and I'm fucking around yeah. on my phone, right? Just trying to kill the time, which I shouldn't have been doing because that's what drained my battery and I couldn't recharge it. Um, but again, rookie move, rookie move, Kev Toy. I, I guess if it's pouring rain, the one thing I wouldn't be worried about finding the animals and that. Um, mostly because I find when I go for mule deer, the worse the weather is, the better the hunting is. So I'm not worried about the rain for finding the animals. In my opinion, I would be more thinking uh, bears are notorious for not leaving a big blood trail. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it's more so in the fall time because of their fat, you know, their fat content just kind of seals up the wounds, but I would be more concerned about um, just finding blood period when it's pouring rain. Well, that, that, and that be... exactly that was the heart. That was when I shot that bear. That was the hardest part because it was raining, and I could tell it was a lung shot from the from the blood that was on the veins of the arrow. That's why I like having white veins, yeah, um, or you know, white veins or bright like a a vein where you can tell it like a yellow vein. I don't like the dark like dark a red vein. No, no good. Yeah, you know the dark like a dark blue, not very good. Bright if it's like bright bright green, bright yellow, white. I find are typically good just so you can tell what kind of blood it is. That's a good um, tip right there. Yeah. So I could tell right away it was, it was lung, like it was blood from its lung. Um, so yeah. I knew it was good. So I just sat and waited, uh, but it was raining and I would, I, like I said, I didn't see any blood. Like I did maybe did like a little five yard perimeter check after the 45 minute wait. I didn't see any blood, like one tiny little drop of blood, but it was raining. It's almost impossible to track a bear after it's rained or while it's raining or any animal, I guess, in that matter. And bears, they don't, they bleed, but they're just that fur absorbs so much of that blood. Yeah. And you got to remember for anybody's listening, we're talking a huge wound. 
Yeah. This is well, not, and you this think is not that's a, a tiny little broad no, that's head. a three-inch cut yeah. going right through in and out. Yeah. Right. I mean, you think you, of yeah. you think an elk or a deer. I mean, there would be a two-foot-wide blood trail or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You would you would anticipate anything. Well, exactly. Like I've shot okay, like that mule deer I shot last year. It looked like a murder scene. The it's amount just, of blood from yeah. that 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 arrow created. It looked like a fucking murder scene. It looked like a Freddy Krueger movie. But that bear, but I mean, it, it's hard to tell. So hopefully I get another one. And it's not raining just so I can do a comparison on like the difference, like how much of that. The, that's the thing is like if the if everything is wet, like if you got a wet leaf and you put yeah. a drop of blood on it, it's not going to stick no, as good as if it's dry. Off. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah. So again, back to what we were talking about, the rain in BC opportunities. I mean. I'm not going to not go out because of the rain. If it's raining, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going out. Yeah. I ain't going to sit at home. If I have an opportunity to go bear hunting, just because, man, this year I had my bear hunting opportunities were limited. And I, I've just realized this year that I'm going to have to become a better hunter because I'm going to get less days to hunt. Yeah. That was one thing I never really worried about was like, ah, you know, the situation I'm, I'm in, I own my own company. I mean, I have to do it in order for me to take a day off or two days off or three days off. I have to do a lot of extra work to get ahead to take those days off, but I still have that ability. I can't sacrifice any of my, uh, I, I could, I'm not willing to sacrifice any of my time with my kids to go hunting yeah. unless I'm taking them hunting. That's right. It gets harder. Yeah, it does. My time has all of a sudden become very limited. I noticed, and it's only become more limited because my youngest, you know, he's going to be getting into sports next year. So I'm just going to have to become a better hunter. I just realized that this year. And I think anybody who's saying they can't get out, there's a difference between, and we understand, don't get me wrong. I, I understand the sacrifices that everybody's got to make. You know, you got your, everybody's working, you got kids, you got a wife, you got to keep everybody happy. And there's one thing that you can't get back and that's time. So like you said, I think you have to be better prepared if you're, if you're not at that stage, or maybe your kids aren't into hunting, you have to be prepared for those times that you go out. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have to set aside a day in between uh, ball games, hockey, whatever your situation is with your kids, whatever they're into scheduling, like being like, okay, the kids don't have anything this day. I'm going to make this my day. You have to have everything prepared ahead of time yeah. to make it work. Everybody's exactly. a lot of people are in the exact same situation but the people who've managed to get it to, to happen, in, in my opinion, don't yell at me if you know everybody's situation is a little different, but I find that people that are able to get out a little more if they're in the same situation are better organized. Maybe they got a little more luck on their hands for that week or whatever, but you have to have everything lined up. You and like you said, with your business, you got to make sure everything's in order. Yeah. All your materials, everything's done. You don't have to worry about your employees. They're taking care of. They're going to yeah. take care of business on the side when you're out. Yeah. But preparation is 100% yeah. everything. It's and you like have to I'm be, already yeah. prepared. I'm, I'm yeah. not even in the same situation as you because my kids are older. Work is still there. It's been insane. But I'm already planning for my one day that I know I'm going to try to get out on Tuesday. Everything's going to be ready so that yeah. after work on Tuesday, I can just go out. Yeah. And that's just a pre-trip for my one weekend that I was like, this is my weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and you have to out. utilize your time. Now, me taking three days off doesn't mean I, I still have to get those 24 hours of work in. Just yeah. means that I'll get up at 2 a.m. and start. So I'll just yeah. I'll just change things around. So if I'm going to go on a hunt for three days, I'm going to take three days off of work. I have to get shit locked down at home. 
still got to work out. I'll get up at 2 a.m., do my workout at 2, 2.30 a.m., start working at 4, get all my stuff done, get out the door, do all my work, get home, make sure shit's locked down at home. Yeah. I'm not going to get home and go sit in front of the couch. I'm not going to get home and crack a beer. I'm going to be making sure shit is ready for me to go until 9 o'clock at night where I have to put the kids to bed. Yeah. And then I'm going to get up at 2 o'clock the next morning, do the same thing over again. I do that until I have everything ready to go. You're going to have to sack. If you want to go out and get out, you're going to have to sacrifice some stuff. For me, it's sleep. If I got to sleep four hours a night, so it gives me an opportunity to go hunting, I'm willing to do that. If you're not willing to do it, then you're probably not going to create the opportunity to go. That's just yeah. a fact, right? There's only so many hours in a day. If you need more hours in a day, you have to make more hours. You're going to have to start sacrificing things. For me, can't sacrifice work. Can't sacrifice my kids' time. I got responsibilities around the house. Yeah. Only thing I can sacrifice is sleep. That's it. And maximizing that time. We can maximize the time. Right? Don't no come point in, Yeah. There's no point in being groggy and not getting anything done because then you might as well get some sleep and you're going to be in a bad Well, it all depends on your, else. yeah. It all depends on your, how, what kind of person you are. I mean, for myself, I need like six hours sleep for me. It's good. I don't need more than six hours sleep a night, but I've also always, like I've, I've been doing that for so long. Yeah. That it, to me, it's just second nature. So Your body's accustomed to it. Yeah. And even like we were fishing, we'd stay up for 30 plus hours straight on a string hauling. Right. So I've always just been that way. I mean, obviously it, at the beginning, it was probably hard. You probably, I probably wanted a lot of sleep. I don't remember because it was over 20 years ago, but I've always just done that. Like, don't get me wrong. Laying in bed feels really nice. Like my alarm clock goes off at three forty forty five every morning. There's mornings where I'm laying in bed and being like, <laughs> oh fuck i do not want to get out of bed it's nice especially in the winter time it's nice and warm in here but what do i want do i want to lay in bed or do i want the ability to go hunting when i want to go hunting yeah that's just the way it is anyway we kind of got off topic of yes <laughs> of uh, our q a so there's another question here i'm having a hard time locating so i mean i don't know if you're in alberta or anywhere else but bc i think or ontario can you bait in ontario fuck it Oh, Man. I can't remember. Didn't we have somebody who talked? No. Yeah. That was, I don't know. Don't know. I'm the shits. I need to be, I got to start. I got to look remember. up. I should know. We both should know if you're allowed to bait, which provinces you're allowed to bait in. You'd think, right? Like we've only been talking about bears for, for two and a half fucking months. You figure we get our shit together and be like, Hey, you can bait in Alberta, Saskatchewan. Like I'm going to yeah. do that. I'm going to do that today. Um, anyway. BC places down in the States. I know you can't beat. Um, I think this year I started, I was this year. I just hunted North facing slopes. Like we talked about, I seen just as many bears on the North facing slopes, but I also went out later because it was really wet. And by the time I got out, every, there was no snow anywhere in the, at the elevation I was hunting. So I don't know, man, I think you just got to get out and look for bears. I mean, I wouldn't focus on too much on where to look, just get out and look. Yeah. And like, Mark, mark where you find stuff. Like I know it sounds like a lot of work at first, but especially if you're in a new area, because if you're in an area for a while and you've been hunting that area for a while, you will have it. Boots on the ground always gets you your results, whether they're what you want or not is, is beside the point. But if you're finding lots of bear sign, if you have a hunter app of some sort, you know, we've got iHunter per se. So I'll just say iHunter. I'll mark down, especially in a new area, I'm seeing... I'm seeing poop here. I'm seeing poop here. I'm seeing poop here. Or, you know, you got the, the trees getting stripped off looking for that candy. Is it candium? 
that, that layer that Doug Bose was talking about yeah. in the trees. So mark those down, keep a, keep a log of that stuff. And then when you go to another area and you're seeing the same thing, maybe you can start putting a picture together, but yeah, actually getting out is, is the biggest yeah. thing. And you just got to get out. Don't worry so much where you're going. Just get out. There's so many yeah. bears like in British Columbia, we got that. They counted 160,000 bears, probably more than that. Yeah. I've never gone out by, I mean, I have, but like very rarely do you go out and not see a bear. Like, That's right. You know what I mean? Or at least some going, sign. Some sign. Yeah. Shit. Something. If you're getting out and looking, you're generally for the most part going to see bears and just and you try know calling. If you don't see anything, try cold calling. Absolutely. You know, listen to Doug Bose. He's been on this show lots. You can go back to the very first episode Doug was on. We talked specifically about cold calling. I can't remember what episode that was, of, but the first one we talked about cold calling and in his book, he explains it really well. So spend 40 bucks buy his book or 30 bucks, oh, whatever the heck it is. It is so informative. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. And if you find, let you go out, you'll find, maybe you don't see some bears in, in person, but you see lots of sign, mark it down, go home, Google earth people, go on Google earth, find your area that you were in and look at it. Be like, where are these, what, why is it that the bears are here? And just, you know, to double down on what you found, you know, maybe yeah. there's a water source at the bottom. Oh, there's thick cover here. Um, there's some logging cut blocks that you didn't know were there. They're off the road. They're ways they're old. Like there's, there's so many different things that you can find. Maybe there's some marshy areas, like just expand on what you find, but get out. Uh, you know, I've, I've done my research on the area that I'm going to, because I haven't physically been able to get out. The time has not been able to get there, but I'm semi-prepared for Tuesday. When I go out, I'm going out into an area that I'm going to expand on where I've been before. So this will be a new area, but it's a matter of getting out so that I'm prepared for the weekend coming up. Mm-hmm. If I don't get anything that night and you go, okay, I'm going to mark down the, the, the shit that I find, you know, the sign, whatever I find, it will be marked down. And then it's like, okay. I'm going to go home. I'm going to take what I found. I'm going to expand on it. Why did I find it here? And then, you know what, that weekend, I'm going to go back out. It's going to be like three or four days after. And I'm going to go to those same spots. I'm going to keep an eye out while I'm driving to go to my walking areas or areas that I want to walk. You know what, if I find fresh poop in the same areas, now I'm going to double down on that area because those bears haven't left that area or there's new bears cruising that same area. Why are they there? That's what you have to think of. They're there for a reason. Yeah. And especially yeah, if they man. continue to be in the same area, there's something prime in that area. Otherwise they won't be there. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing with all, like, obviously they have different wintering grounds, different animals or different times at different, you know, different places at different times of the year. But for the most part, there's something in there that they like, no. like they're not like humans. They're not no, they just like, go Oh, I'm going to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you got to get out. That's right. Best call to use for calling bears. Well, I think it's more your cadence than anything. I, th- I think that's the biggest thing. And you got to just practice with it. And the thing is, it doesn't always work. Like I said, that bear I shot, I was following that bear and I was calling nothing. Go again, call again, nothing. And if he's not into, like he wasn't into it and you could tell because like, they'll look, you hit that predator call, bears will stop and they'll look at you. They'll yeah. stop, look at you. And they're either going to come hard, go in that general direction or just keep doing their thing. That bear, the very first, I don't know how many times I called, you had no interest in it. And then I lowered my cadence a little bit, softer calling, and he kind of mows it on over. He wasn't running. So um, it's also like yeah. Doug was saying too, you can be doing everything right. You just might not see the bear that's coming in. They might come yeah, in that's from a direction you're not looking too. and they might see you, smell you, just something small. You've yeah. done everything right. You just don't see him and you think, oh, 
this thing doesn't work or they're not coming in. Maybe they did come in and you just didn't see them. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Bears, they were so quiet. Like I said, you, man, you cannot hear them walking in on you. They're oh, quiet. Like, you think something that big, unless they, unless a, something snaps under their feet, which you would think there'd be more because of the side of their pad. But oh. I think as they, you ever watch a bear walk, they walk pretty methodically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you just got to play with it. With the calling, you just got to go out and practice and get out, get out, practice. I mean, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to get out and practice. You see, you have some experience. And that's it. That uh, that mule deer call that I showed you a picture of a couple of weeks back there. Yeah. I'm going to be taking, that's going to be my primary one. A For bunch of hunting. people I've talked to, yeah, a bunch of people I've talked to yeah. had big success with calling in a variety of predators, wolves, the whole nine yards. Um. You can just one side is more like a, a a deer talking, and the other one you can you can tighten up the rubber bands on it. It's a it's a bite and blow, and you can honk on that thing. You can go soft on that thing, and it 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 sounds like a mule deer fawn. That's so cool. I'm, I'm gonna I be interested. A, yeah, I just bought a Quaker Boy fawn distress call. Okay, nice. Well, I'm gonna try that one. Send yeah. me a picture of that. I'll put it on the Instagram page, and then I'll just do a little write up on calls. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. And yeah, um, I'm, I'm very interested to see how that works on them. Yeah. I know Dougie, he uses uh, the phone call, but yeah. Doug's also the best in the world at calling bears. Yeah. So I can't really compare myself to Doug. Well, we can. Bear... we're just not going to be in the same. <laughs> we're just the same fucking league. <laughs> we just sucked. That's all. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Is hunting the rut good for bear hunting? Yeah. I think hunting rut for anything is good. The thing about the rut hunting is there, I find the boars, the bigger boars, are more active midday they're cruising around now the thing is now 19th mm. you know like early june first week of june i've found them midday walking around and when it's hot like 35 degrees they just didn't care they're just looking for sows now if, now if they've already shacked up with the sow they might go back to their regular pattern that's hard to say yeah we're at the 19th i've only got i've got one bear down it's not crazy hot this year, so I'm going to keep hunting. I'm going to go out. Now that baseball's done, I'm going to get out probably two or three nights this week, and then next weekend I'm going out for three days. Yeah. So How hot's it supposed to be for you? It's supposed to be about 25 degrees for me next week. Yeah, it's getting nice. It's, it's warming up, which is nice, which I like. I don't really like this cool, wet weather for bear hunting. Yeah. I like it when it's hot because, like I, like we were talking about uh, in the last episode, when it's – well, not – the last up was a couple of episodes with uh, Gerard there. When it's hot, they're for me, they're easier to locate. Yeah. Like I could go down and I know an area, I know exactly where they're going to be midday if it's 30 degrees out. And just all I got to do is sit up a butt. Like I, it doesn't always, like, but you got to shouldn't say, like you, I shouldn't say you're going to exact go. because it's, you're going to go it's where not, it's cool. Yeah. I'm going to go where it's cool. Hot. Yeah. We've talked about, it. I'm going to go to those drainages where it's cool and there's a low creek. Cause it's cooler down there. It's like 10, 15 degrees cooler down there. And I, I know there's going to be bears down there. Um, but yeah, hunting a rut is good for sure. But yeah. we're, I mean, it, obviously the rut's on right now. So get yeah. out. I think you really got to utilize your glassing too and be patient. Um, because like you said, they're moving. So yeah. you sit in a spot, you got, I don't know, maybe you got some fields, you got some cup locks, you got meadows, whatever your situation is, you know, you look at them a bit, you don't see anything maybe just do some calling wait like don't just rush off to the next spot because it could just be in an area there like yeah. it's no different than elk or anything like that just because you don't see them right there they're moving they're moving hard they're there for business right now they want to they want to mate they're they're feeding so if they're cruising hard i mean don't just give up on an area right away don't necessarily stay there all day either 
but yeah. be patient. I think that's, well, a you have to key. be patient for sure. And I think if you're going to commit to cold calling, you got to be willing to sit there for at least two hours. Cause I've cold called before. And I didn't give enough time and I've walked out, come on the trailhead and seen a nice big bear walking in to where I was calling from. Yeah. And I should have been waited. If I would have waited another half an hour, he would have, he, he would have walked up there. And he was nice. Because yeah, you, you got to think of your area too and how far, depending on where you are, if you're up on a rock bluff or something like that, or, you know, an elevated area, your call is traveling a long ways. Yeah. So it might take that bear. You might have them on a string, but it still might take them quite a while to get to you. Well, yeah. And anyone who's walked through the bush, you got to remember like bears don't know trail. They don't, they just walk. So like they got to walk up, over, around, up, you know, up, maybe back down circle around just to get to an area it's not a direct line yeah like they you you might have them on a string but the path to where you are might necessarily it's not going to be straight that's right it's, it's going to take them a little bit of time and they're so calling bears in grizzly country carefully i do that one carefully best place yeah. to find cutter phase bears <laughs> i think it changes yeah like uh, i said here, before got... uh, i think i've seen more color face bears in the area i hunt um then i do black bears yeah like black actual black bears seem more rare than color face bears down here but down here in the okanagan so southern interior of bc you know it, it's desert like in some yeah. spots so uh yeah and here it just seems to be hit or miss like depending on which part of the valley you go to we're not talking huge areas like i can be in this stretch here and all i see is like black black bears i go another 10 15 kilometers down the road and all of a sudden you start seeing more color phase. It's not that, and it's not that they won't, obviously they're going to go back and forth, but I just find some of those genetics are just a little stronger in certain areas of the Valley mm -hmm. than others. They're going to cross over. You're going to see them everywhere, but that's how I find it. I can tell you, I can take you out to an area now, right now and be like, if we see bears, there's a good chance we're going to run into some color phase where I take you to another part of the Valley and be like, eh, I really don't see much for color phase in this area. No. And nice, like you go to nice the coast, country, you don't, but yeah, you go to the coast, you don't see color face bears. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Vancouver Island, they have big bears, but no color face. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's climate temperature. I think that, you know, in the Okanagan here, tons of color face, but it's dry, right? Yeah. It's a dry, dry place. Um, I have limited time to hunt after work. Usually it doesn't seem to, enough time to locate bears. Huh. You got to, we just kind of talked about that. Yeah. You can't be intimidated by, you just got to get out. Utilize every opportunity you get. Not getting out because you can't find bears isn't going to help you not finding bears. Yeah. Because it only takes one time. Yeah. You find an area. Well, look all for a sign, like you said before. If there's a sign there, there's a bear there. Try to maximize what you can't. If, you, if you've got two hours, you know, I'm all about hiking. Kevin's all about hiking. Maybe you need to put some miles on the road. Keep an eye for crap on the road. Head up those those skid trails and stuff like that that you don't normally go up. Look for sign on the road. Like put some miles on. Yeah. And when you find some sign, get out of the truck. Get yeah. going. Or make a note of it and try to find a vantage point so you can do some glassing. You can you can utilize. It's utilizing your time. Yeah. If you if you don't have time to go in after it, okay, keep cruising those roads. Make make marks. And be like, okay, I need to get higher. I need to use my glass. Uh, over my feet right now i need to i need to pick apart this area and, and once you start hammering on that you're gonna figure out your area and you're gonna be able to find those bears but yeah it's utilizing your time the best is what yep. it is covering yeah, ground know. make the most of your time yeah how to score bear skulls man i, I gotta learn how to fucking type on my phone 
I'm looking at this answer now that I wrote the guy and I don't even know how to spell. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. People must read these after and be like, what the fuck is that guy's problem? Go back to school. Can't even spell (laughs) width right. So anyway, how you measure a bear skull is you take the bottom jaw off, put the bear down, use a caliper, something. You measure the total length from the furthest point forward to the very furthest point back. Measure it. Now you measure it in sixteenths. So you measure the length, say it's like, that bear skull is 11 and an eighth. If you were just to look at a tape measure, 11 and an eighth, that means that's 11 and two sixteenths. Now, when I measure the width, you do the same thing. Total furthest points. Now that one is seven and a six, seven and an eighth again. So that's seven, two sixteenths. You just add the two together. Now I'm at 18 and four sixteenths. I didn't do that with a caliper. If I did it with a caliper, you might gain or lose another sixteenth off that. I just did it with a ruler. I'm not super worried about it, but to do it properly, you take a caliper, measure it, hold that on a tape measure, measure in sixteenths perfectly. If it's a half an inch, don't say half an inch. Don't say quarter inch. Don't say an eighth of an inch. Sixteenths only. So it's not like you're using a flat tape measure or anything, or sorry, you know what I mean? Like almost like a, a fabric one that's a, a loose one and running it over. It's actually like Diameter. a straight line across straight either line. way in the yep. air. From the furthest point. Tip. Yeah, furthest point front, tooth, whatever you can get, whatever you can get from the furthest point front to the furthest point back and side to side. So the best thing to do, like to officially do it, you get a caliper, mark it, put it on a tape. Like like I said, if I was to do it, this one, I'd probably gain or lose, you know, a 16th or two, but I just held it up. You know, I took a square, put a square on a table, put the end of the tape measure or the end of the ruler and the bear skull at that point. Yeah. And then I left it there, took the square on the other, flipped it over to the other side, took the furthest point sticking out of the bear, dropped it straight down on the ruler and did the same thing for the width. Nice. Yeah. Uh, these are just comments. First ever big game was a bear this year. Um, got hams done up. Best meat I've ever had. I agree. Dropped two in the same cut block with my best friend after 10 days of hunting. Awesome. Good job. Got a decent boar. Got a decent boar. Um, I think that was pretty much it. Not a lot, um, yeah. but you know, I had one comment. Yeah. Mine were just more comments. Same thing. Got one yeah. guy said he got both his bears already for both tags. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Good it's good work. to see guys getting out. Um, it's good to see guys, three bears in one day for the group. Yummy tasting meat. Got the fourth bear the next day. Good job guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So guys are getting out, getting bears. Good to see you guys are utilizing the meat. Um, do we want to talk about uh, my bear meat or, or do that another time? Oh, what are we doing for time here? You want to quickly talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Let's Okay, uh, So what did you get done there? So how I store my meat, doesn't matter what it is, elk, deer, anything. I have my shop, big shop. It's cool in there. Even when it's hot outside, it's still cool in the shop. So I hang it in the shop on a gamble, have all the meat hanging, and I have these two giant fans. These aren't like fans you'd have in your house. These are fans that actually, if you hold your hand up, you actually have to, there's force against it. Like it's, it's not, it's pushing your hand back. Those yeah. big fans, right? The big industrial commercial fans. I put one on each side, not so they don't blow into each other, but sort of like they blow on an angle. So basically the wind circulates, like the air will circulate on the meat. Yeah. That way you keep the flies off. Cause it's pretty much, unless you have a airtight cooler, which I'm going to be building when I do my addition. Um, but most people just don't have one. It's hard to keep the flies off, right? Especially yeah. in the spring. Because, you know, springtime, the flies are really active. So 
if that fan is on, there's no way a fly is ever going to get on that meat ever. Just because it's like, you could barely hold your hand up to it. A fly is not going to be able to withstand that wind or withstand that air circulation. It's not wind, I should say. So I had it. Now with bears too, you don't want to hang bears that long, right? Um, I probably hung it. I got busy. So I shot it on Thursday, hung it up. I got back to my house at about, I don't know, it was about 1230 when I hung it up, got busy all that day, hung it up overnight again. I baseball in the morning i didn't get it till to till saturday afternoon i probably should have instead of getting up on saturday morning and doing a workout i probably should have dealt with that bear either way sometime between the time i hung it and the time i took it off to cut it i think somebody bumped or hit the plug-in cord for the fan or unplugged it and turned the fans off because when i was opening up the bear there was maggots in it two quarter two quarters had were infested with maggots that's so i lost a bit of meat so I cut out all that stuff. I went through all the areas, but I lost, I lost, uh, I mean, realistically, they're just flies. You probably could just leave them in there, freeze them in there. Right. Extra, extra taste, Ex- little flavor. Extra protein. Yeah. I didn't do that. My fucking, and it's funny because I was cutting them up on a kitchen table. We have this big giant dining room table, not a kitchen table, dining room, I'm cutting them up. My wife comes over and I'm like, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't want her to see it so i grab a towel i drop it over the top i'm like hey babe what's going on i didn't want her to see that because that would have been like an end of it but i was cutting that <laughs> you look out. beautiful today have i told you that <laughs> Wyatt comes over he's like what the frig dad i was like who unplugged the fan like not me i asked all my kids who unplugged of course they're not gonna buck up to it right yeah but somebody unplugged it um so unfortunately I had to cut up a bit of that meat, but what I'm going to do with it is I kept it. I put it in a Ziploc bag and uh, I'm just going to boil it all up, grind it all up, make some dog food out of it. Yeah. It you won't know? go to waste. It'll still get utilized. Oh yeah. I'm still going to utilize yeah. it. I'm just going to grind it all up. I'm just not going to feed it to my family. Yeah. I'm going to grind it all up, make some dog food out of it. we got three dogs. So um, I'll be good. Yeah. Now, so, when you build, when you build that shed, um, anybody else who's thinking about it if you haven't heard we I, w- I was mentioning this one thing that you can use like you can utilize an air conditioner and air conditioners will automatically shut off at a certain let's say 18 degrees or 16 degrees i, I can't remember what it is it doesn't matter it's not cool enough because you want it around fridge temperatures if you're building a cooler and stuff you want mm-hmm. it like two degrees three degrees somewhere in there three degrees might even be warm but what you can do is you can buy this device. It's called a CoolBot. Um, I've seen them before. I know people who have used them. And what it does, it's got some simple clips. You clip them onto your air conditioner and it overrides that sensor. So it keeps cooling. It doesn't shut off. doesn't affect your air conditioner in any way to where it wrecks it. It just basically eliminates the governor is basically what's on it. And you can program it to your degrees that you want. So if you want your, your little room sitting at two degrees, that air conditioner won't shut off until it hits two degrees. Last time I checked, they're about 500 bucks. Great investment. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like a lot, but it's not because if you go to a butcher shop and you're hanging your meat there, cause you have no other choice. Um, depending if you're getting stuff, you know, if a lot of butcher shops, if you hang it and get your meat processed there, they don't charge you for the hanging. Some places will, but if you're just hanging it, that adds up. Oh yeah, it does, man. And so the butchering and everything. So yeah. So if you're if you're going even in with a buddy or something like that, you you know you're gonna just split the cost of your meat cooler, your hunting partner, whatever. It's not that bad, and no. it's super simple. It's not like literally 
There's YouTube videos on it and stuff. It's as easy as it gets. You don't have to be an electrician or anything like that. It's super awesome. Yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pour a footing side of my house. There's a concrete pad. I'm going to cut the pad, pour a concrete footing, build a concrete block, like a four by eight in ID inside diameter, 10 feet high. And uh, I'm going to build it, line it with um, some metal, paint it white, just put an air conditioner in there and use that. Yeah. Or insulated roof on it. Insulated floor too, when it comes to those coolers. It sounds funny, but that can help out as well. Yeah. Well, it's going to be six inches thick concrete. Oh, well then, yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't have that, then definitely insulated. It needs it. You need to insulate. I'm going to, it'll be solid. So just basically an eight inch solid concrete room with a, you know, and then line it with, um, line it with a galvanized like 18 gauge sheeting yeah metal to make it nice for cleanup and everything too yeah it'll clean i'm gonna pin those to the wall and then paint it all like with that um same thing they paint the there's that paint i can't remember what the heck it is but the same thing they paint the coolers with on the inside easy to clean okay yeah yeah and it just helps retain the like keep the coolness in yeah and just put an investment but a good investment for for the future yeah yeah and i'm gonna do it so when i design like the, the when we're doing the addition on the shop here that's getting designed into the back side of it so i mean it, realistically though like who the fuck has a walk-in cooler you know yeah. what i mean so like realistically everyone hangs their stuff in the garage right yeah. for the most part and even if you even if you don't have the room person can think about like inst- if you don't have the room to hang a full-size animal maybe your elk moose whatever like we're not i'm not just talking deer if you're gonna build it think about what you're hunting if you don't have the room for a full-size animal, think of it to build it big enough so that you can hang quarters or a half or something yeah. like that. Do what you can. Everybody's got a different situation. It's not like, yeah, if you can't do it 10 feet high, well, well then it, you can't have one. Just no. do what you got space yeah. for. You if you can. got six feet, just quarter it up, cut it up, yeah. hang it in there. Like realistically, yeah. how many animals are you going to have? Because like my cousin was like, oh, you should build it bigger. I'm like, how many fucking animals am I going to have hanging in there? Most is I'm going to have two deer hanging in there. Or an yeah. elk or a moose. Anything about be... an elk or a moose, the only way you're getting those things out whole is if they drop within a winch's reach from the well, road. Even if they did, I'm still going to hang it. I also, I'm not going to grab that thing and put it on a hook. Like I'm going to have to, yeah. I'm going yeah, to have just to lift the fucking thing. I'm going to have to <laughs> cut it up to, to move it. Right. Yeah. I ain't busting my aunt. Like you're fucking like moose are big, man. Yeah. Like elk are big. Moose are fucking huge. And you got to think like, you're exhausted from getting that thing out of the bush anyway. Yeah, it's not, and it's when not you get easy. back, like depending on your trip, like I don't know, I always just find the meat. Like, what difference does it make? The meat's getting cut up anyway. I know, like yeah. my cousin and my dad, they don't like cutting them. They hate it when I cut an animal up. They're like, "No, you got to hang it whole." I'm like, "Why does it matter? Like, take a saw, matter. cut it in half, and then cut the ribs right in half and hang." But you got four pieces now. You at least you can lift them and move them. Yeah, what difference does it make? I don't know. Like, ninety-eight percent of the animals that I shoot are quartered when they come out of the bush because I yeah. got to carry them out of the bush. So I'm not, you know, unless it's a, 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 well, doesn't matter really what it is. Like that cougar, I, I didn't, I put it on my, over my shoulders and carried it out, but um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Small things, but yeah, just utilize what you can. Yeah. All right, dude. Let's wrap right. this up. Hey. Yeah. Uh, it was good chatting with you. Yeah. Good, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Eh? We gotcha. again everyone for tuning in to the focus hunting podcast it's coming at you as part of the waypoint outdoor collective quick shout out to the sponsors of the show vortex optics the best in optics period backroads maps books never get lost with backroads maps aku boots yo to your feet scree hunting gear 
Now, if you guys check the show notes, you're going to find some promo codes. Use them. Save a bit. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment.